From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, welcome and happy 4th of July. Thanks for tuning in for a Independence Day special edition of Washington Watch. Now, on this occasion, I'm going to uh, I'm going to take a break from the hard news of the day and probe into one of the underlying elements of America's freedom. Now, our nation has enjoyed unparalleled freedom and prosperity for 247 years. Why? Why is that? What has made America different? Now, let me just say, here's a trigger warning for those of you on the left who may be watching or listening. Now, some of you will cringe at what I'm about to say, but it's vital that we understand the ingredients that has led to America's exceptionalism. Yes, yes, America has been an exceptional nation. Now, our focus today is not defending that assertion. I'm going to let the other side try and refute it. I want to explore what is behind American exceptionalism. What has made America a great nation? Now, the purpose here, let me be very clear, the purpose here is not to boast because America, quite frankly, is in decline. We're not what we once were. It was interesting, former President Trump's successful slogan of make America great again, which really caught on with people, kind of leapt over something very important. You know, for America to be great, it must first be good, morally good. Our purpose today is to discover, if you will, the secret sauce of America's exceptionalism so that we might restore what has been hollowed out and diminished over the last century. FRC's mission is to advance the kingdom of God by championing faith, family, and freedom in public policy and the culture from a biblical worldview. Well, today we're going to explore how faith plus family has given us the freedom we've enjoyed as a nation. In particular, I want to look at how the focus of our children, our posterity historically in this nation, has been instrumental to our freedom. And to help us to explore the connections between faith, family, and freedom, we'll be joined by Dr. John Wilsey, Southern Baptist Seminary Associate Professor of Church History and Philosophy, in just a moment. Then we'll take inventory of how the enemies of ordered liberty are weaponizing government against parents in order to indoctrinate our children with a view hostile to biblical truth. FRC's Meg Kilgannon joins me for that discussion. And... You've heard me say this before, and I'll say it again. It's not enough to curse the darkness that has descended upon our culture and confused our children. We must shine a light and offer a way out. We must champion the future of freedom in America, and it begins with us as parents and our children. We'll talk about taking the torch of truth into the public schools of America with Jack Terrell. He is president of Kids Beach Club. And there has never been a greater role for the church. While Christians must not abandon the public schools, we need, we need courageous, grounded believers becoming teachers. We need parents running and winning school board seats. We need Christians running and winning seats in state legislatures to break the grip of the educational lobby. But we must stop sacrificing our children on the pagan altar of public education. Every church needs to get into the Ministry of Education. And we're going to talk about that with the Reverend Daryl Jones, president of the Herzog Foundation, later here on Washington Watch. Our word for today comes from Matthew 22, where Jesus' opponents were trying to entrap him over the matter of church and state. Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God. Well, I tell you what, he left his critics speechless. Yes, we have an obligation to support the temporal government of man with temporal things. But government has no right to demand that which belongs to God. And we must resist such demands. This is the basis for religious freedom. God and God alone is to be worshipped. Our lives bear his image and should be surrendered to him and not the state. This means we must not surrender our children who bear the image of the creator to the indoctrination of the state. For more on our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org slash Bible. 
Well, as I said, on this Independence Day, we pause and reflect on generations that have come before us. We also think of America's founders who established a nation conceived in liberty. A close study of the founders reveals they were patriots laboring not just for themselves, but for future generations. That's a break with what we see today. Their defiance to the British crown established a nation where their children and their children's children could be raised striving for our highest ideals rooted in biblical transcendent truth. Of course, they followed in the path of the pilgrims that just 150 years earlier risked everything they had to establish a better culture for their children and to pave the way for the advancement of the gospel. Well, joining me now to discuss this is Dr. John Wilsey. He's the Associate Professor of Church History and Philosophy at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, as well as the author of American Exceptionalism and Civil Religion, Reassessing the History of an Idea. Professor Wilsey, welcome back to Washington Watch. Great to see you on this holiday. It's great to be with you. Happy Fourth of July. So let me uh, let me jump right into this. Let me ask you the assertion that I made at the top of this program. Faith plus family is what's given us freedom, and I think that's a part of the special sauce, if you will, of what has given us American exceptionalism. Oh, I agree, and I think that that's part of uh, the American heritage, uh, going all the way back to the founding. Uh, the uh, the Federalists uh, conceived of the uh, social contract, what Locke called a social contract, in terms of not just the living, not just the people that were alive uh, when they were alive, but a contract between the dead, the living, and the yet to be born. And that was a, a quote from Edmund Burke's Reflections on the Revolution in France, which he wrote in 1790. But John Adams, George Washington, Alexander Hamilton, um, the, you know, the founding generation, particularly the Federalists, believed in that concept of society, that society should not be thought of as just the living. That uh, was too immediate. They thought of society as, as comprising the inheritance that they received from their forebears who were gone to be enjoyed in the present and also to be handed down as an inheritance to their children and to their children's children. So they kind of saw themselves as a bridge between generations. It didn't, it didn't stop with them. They were carrying on the great grand traditions and ideas that preceded them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's a historian that I'm very fond of by the name of Daniel Borston. He was a historian in the 50s and 60s. He was the librarian of Congress for many years, I think till 1997. He talked about America as being uh, the product of givenness, givenness. And givenness, he defined as um, every society, every generation in American society has been has received an inheritance from their for from their forebears. And that givenness is something to be enjoyed and then handed down and given as a gift, as a bequeath to uh, future generations. That's something that's always been in the American mind and the American culture. You know, I think in terms of the policies that we um, work on in our nation's capital and in state capitals across the country, because I think it's a snapshot of what we prioritize as a nation. And, you know, one of the things, it, it's not so much to the forefront right now, but it has been in the last decade, and that's embryonic stem cell research. And I think that so encapsulates this twisted nature of the human mind and where we've come as a culture, where no longer are we looking to pave the way for our posterity. We're actually using our posterity uh, even in the womb to benefit ourselves. We're robbing them of their lives to try and enhance our own. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's sort of a, a leftist kind of commitment that you, you really only want to focus on the living, on the present generation, and not worry about the consequences for those uh, generations that are yet yet to be born. Uh, this is sort of central to Keynesian economic theory, originating in the early 20th century, and it's still sort of marking our culture today. Don't worry about future generations. Let's just worry about ourselves. So to recapture where uh, America's greatness, if you will, 
This is going to require a shift of our thinking. I think it's rooted, obviously, in our vertical relationship with God, understanding the transcendent nature of his truth. But we need to begin focusing on our children, equipping them with that same truth, with this eternal perspective, and and stop allowing the left to indoctrinate our children with what's been happening. And that's exactly what's been happening in our culture. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, I'm a historian, so this is not going to surprise you that I would say this, but American history should be a a resource for us as we pursue that very worthy goal. I'm going to read you two quotes from two very important Americans. One was Samuel Johnson, who was the president of King's College, later Columbia University in the colonial period. He said that the aim of education was to lead students from the study of nature to the knowledge of themselves and of the God of nature and their duty to him, themselves and one another and everything that can contribute to their true happiness, both here and the hereafter. And then Benjamin Franklin said that education was primarily about service. He said, to serve mankind, one's country, friends, and family, and to supply the succeeding age with men qualified to serve the public with honor to themselves and to their country. History serves us as a resource in our um, working for the good of society for today. So, Dr. Wilson, you make this very practical on this July 4th holiday. What should parents and grandparents, what, 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 are, what, what are a couple of practical steps they need to take, you know, not, 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 will on, not only benefit them and their families, but literally save freedom in this country? Be involved in your children's education. That is uh, the most important thing uh, that parents can can be doing with regard to that question now. Whether your children are, you know, in public schools or they're in private schools or if you homeschool your children, obviously you're going to be involved in their education if you're homeschooling. Uh, But no matter what context your children are in in their educational uh, process, be involved in what they're learning. Know what the curriculum is that they are engaged in. Uh, look at the textbooks, read those textbooks and see what your students are, your children are, are being um, inculcated with. Get to know your children's teachers. Understand what their worldviews are. And also be willing and open to uh, find another avenue for your children's education. Might be to pull them out of the school that they're in. Uh, It might cost you some things. It might mean some sacrifices on your part. But to sacrifice for your children is uh, the most worthy sacrifice you can make. And it's deeply rooted in the history of this country. That is what our founders did. They were looking to future generations and sacrificing on their behalf. Uh, Dr. Wilson, great to see you. Happy Fourth of July. And thank you for taking time to join us today. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Well, folks, we're going to talk more about this today, but I, I, want, I hope that seed that he just planted will take root in your heart that we've got to be involved in the education of our children and our grandchildren. All right, stay tuned. Meg Kilgannon joins us next here on Washington Watch. A lot more straight ahead. Reading scripture consistently and in a meaningful way can sometimes prove to be difficult. Many don't know where to begin or struggle to understand how to apply the passages they read to daily life. Scripture is our daily spiritual bread. And just as we eat every day for the nourishment of our body, we ought to spend time with God and His Word for the nourishment of our mind and soul. Reading the Bible daily helps us to better understand and grow closer to the Father. It also prepares and equips us to do good work for God's kingdom. That's why Family Research Council offers the Stand on the Word Bible Reading Plan. It's a two-year plan that will help you read Scripture daily so you can better know God's truth, walk through our culture from a biblical worldview, and love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Sign up to get the daily passages and questions today by visiting frc.org slash Bible.
We live in a culture that has lost sight of what is true. Many, including Christians, are searching for answers to life's most important questions. Research from George Barna shows just 9% of self-identified Christians demonstrate a biblical worldview by living out what God has revealed in Scripture. With this in mind, Family Research Council's Center for Biblical Worldview has partnered with Summit Ministries to present Now We Live, a free six-episode video series designed to encourage worldview discussions central to the Christian faith. Each episode offers practical instruction led by well-known Christian voices like Tony Perkins, Jeff Myers, Kirk Cameron, Lee Strobel, and others. Now We Live is an excellent discipleship resource for churches, small groups, and families. Equip yourself and other Christians about what it means to have and live a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. Are you tired of worn-out talking points, misleading media bias, and hopeless commentary? The Washington Stand, Family Research Council's online daily news outlet, provides news and commentary on the most important issues of the day, all written from a biblical perspective. Get the facts with honest reporting so that you know how to stand firm in the face of today's biggest challenges. Stay informed, be encouraged, and stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com. Christians must be aware of the issues that threaten the culture and the church. To this end, Family Research Council's David Clawson, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book titled Male and Female He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage. This book was written to help Christians understand what Scripture teaches and how to address them biblically. Included in the study are complimentary videos that expound upon the themes of each chapter. Order your copy of this book at hecreatedthem.org. Welcome back to this July 4th edition of Washington Watch. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. Be sure and save me a hot dog and a piece of apple pie and maybe some homemade ice cream. That's uh, one of our big favorites on July 4th. Well, throughout today's program, we're exploring the idea of children, faith and freedom. All right. Faith plus family equals freedom. And, and, and kind of using the basis of this from, uh, from Matthew, as I read at the top of the, the program, where Jesus was, they tried to entrap Jesus by saying, look, here's a, here's, here's a coin, Caesar's picture on it. Uh, do, wh- what do we give Caesar? You know, do we give him taxes? And Jesus looked at the coin and said, whose image? Render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. Well, our children bear the image of God, and therefore we must not surrender them to the indoctrination of the state. And that's increasing. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But I want to play a clip. Here's a, this was on uh, CBN's Faith Wire. And, and it's a, a, a pastor, I'm a father out of Connecticut, Kyle Reyes, who is saying, look, I'm not, I'm not going to surrender my kids to these government schools. Play clip three. We have a a duty and a responsibility as parents to look out for the hearts and souls of our little kids as they are attacked in the spiritual warfare that's happening across the country. That is so true. And it's happening in classrooms all across America. Joining me now to to talk about this is our own Meg Kilgannon, Senior Fellow for Education Studies here at the Family Research Council. Meg, happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day, Tony. It's great to see you. All right, so we're we're talking about faith plus family equals freedom. Kind of going back and dissecting, if you will, the freedom that we're celebrating and enjoying today, and 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 kind of our premise is that we, we got here because we had parents historically in this country, going all the way back to the Pilgrims, who were focused not on themselves but on their children. And I cannot think of anything more fundamental in equipping our children for the future than education. It, it's so true. And the, the journey that the pilgrims made is the journey that m- many people still make because they have a dream for their family, right? That they want to have a better life and their children to have a better life and be more successful than they are. And as Americans, we've always believed that a huge part of that success is your faith, is your family and your education. And that education is a pathway out of poverty, out of oppression, and into success and, um, you know, a a rich, a a good and rich life. And so 
we want to protect that for our children. And when we see it used in, in a distorted and deformed way, as we see it so often these days, um, it's really a call for Christians to, to engage, engage in the educational space and do, do the best you can to impact that space with our worldview and our values. They're really desperately needed. Meg, you're our educational expert, and I and I know our kind of our our view here at Washington Watch and FRC is that you know we want to use facts and and communicate truth, and that, and that's what we do here. And when we we we're talking about the worldview of parents of Christian parents being under attack, you know, in the last couple of years after COVID, we saw parents pushing back. We saw. Um, you know, and, and you you held school board boot camps at FRC Action, and we we saw hundreds of people take those courses, and many of them run for school boards. Some of them, many of them, successfully. But now we're seeing the educational establishment push back in a pretty bold way. Um, we're, we're seeing you know school boards, we're seeing state governments restricting the rights of parents, and and I go back to the to the verse I quoted earlier from Matthew, you know. Our children bear the image of God, and Jesus made very clear that does not belong to the state. And, and, and so give us some of these examples that we're seeing of this brazen effort on behalf of, uh, of, of school boards and of states to deny parents what God has given them. I think the one that comes to mind uh, most readily is the, um, the uh, sort of manipulation of of public comment period at the school board meetings, because you'll see these clips of parents who go to the school board to make a complaint, a legitimate complaint that, that, you know, 90% of people would agree that this is a problem and the school board will cut their mic, right? Because they, they are saying something that's inappropriate for the audience to hear. And yet they're reading from a book that's on the shelf in a school library or in a school classroom. And so this kind of, of um, attack on parents um, that, that is happening at the school board level, but then you see metastasizing all the way up to the Department of Justice and parents being having a threat tag associated with their name and parents groups being attacked by the Southern Poverty Law Center as hate groups. Um, you know, this, this, this attack on parents is because of the battle, the very real battle. It's a spiritual battle, but it's also... We see it right now, right in front of us in the, in the physical world, the battle for the souls of our children. Um, and, and Joe Biden talks in moral terms all the yeah. time about the, the, that we're in a battle for the soul of our nation. And, he, and as you've pointed out, he's exactly right. And yeah. we, have to, we have to, as Christians, be bold and meet their claims of morality and their arguments that they make with moral authority, with the true moral authority of a biblical and Christian worldview. And with the moral authority that we know our children have been given to us by God Almighty himself and that he is entrusting them to us to protect and shepherd them into the next world to be with him forever in heaven. Right. And so we are not going to put up with any nonsense in this world when it comes to attacks on our children. And thank God we live in a country like the United States where we can absolutely enjoy the freedoms and protections that are guaranteed to us by the Constitution. When we find them under attack, we must enter the public square and defend ourselves, our children, and our country. So well said. You're absolutely right. And so I I hope every parent listening and viewing this just heard that. That that is your affirmation. It's not coming from Meg Kilgannon. It's not coming from Tony Perkins. It's coming from the Word of God. God gave you the authority. You are the one that has both authority and responsibility, and you cannot delegate that responsibility. We as parents will be held accountable. Meg Gilgannon, thanks so much for taking time to join us today. Thank you, Tony. All right. Meg Gilgannon, a great asset to the Family Research Council on our education front. All right, folks, we've got more Washington Watch coming straight ahead. We're going to be talking about how you can influence the public school system, not with your kids, but with your own presence. And then we're going to be talking about how churches need to be in the Ministry of Education. All of that ahead on this special edition of Washington Watch. Don't go away.
Hi, I'm Joseph Backholm, host of the Outstanding Podcast, inviting you to join me as we discuss the news of the day and the issues that shape us. Yes, I know there are a lot of podcasts, but there are not a lot of podcasts that help you think biblically about the world we live in. Christians are commanded to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. With that in mind, the Outstanding Podcast takes you behind the headlines to help you understand not only what happened, but why. So, if you're looking for something informative, casual, hopeful, and entertaining that will help you see what God is doing in the world and how to respond, the Outstanding Podcast is for you. We talk to people that you know and some that you don't know but probably should. And I promise that, like me, you'll learn something every time. So join us. Subscribe to the Outstanding Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or find it at WashingtonStand.com. It's not just another podcast. It's outstanding. I'll see you there. Now more than ever, Christians need to be prepared to articulate the truth of God's Word to our culture in an informed and loving manner. That is why Family Research Council's Center for Biblical Worldview exists. By applying the Bible and the historical teachings of the church to a wide range of relevant issues, including voting, religious liberty, abortion, and more, the experts at the center have provided resources to help Christians live by a biblical worldview. To access the center's free resources, go to frc.org slash worldview. Scripture is our daily spiritual bread, and just as we eat every day for the nourishment of our body, we ought to spend time with God and His Word for the nourishment of our mind and soul. Reading the Bible daily helps us to better understand and grow closer to the Father. It also prepares and equips us to do good work for God's kingdom. That's why Family Research Council offers the Stand on the Word Bible Reading Plan. Start reading today by visiting frc.org Bible. Welcome back to this July 4th edition of Washington Watch. So glad that you have joined us today. The website, TonyPerkins.com, lots of resources there for you. And don't forget, coming up September the 15th through the 17th, the Pray Boat Stand Summit in Washington, D.C. I'll have more about that uh, a little bit later. 20 years ago, God challenged Jack Terrell, a children's pastor in North Texas, to take his successful ministry beyond his church's walls to reach children in public schools with the message of the gospel and Jesus as their forever friend. Now, he launched after-school programs with a beach club with a beach theme, and by 2006, Kids Beach Club was established. Since then, more than, you ready for this, one 112,000 children have attended a beach club with nearly 10,000 professions of faith and over 72,000 kids beach club study Bibles distributed to preteens at no cost. This is how we make a difference. This is what I'm talking about, shining the light in darkness. Joining me now to discuss this is Jack Terrell. He's the founder and president of Kids Beach Club. Jack, welcome back to Washington Watch. Great to see you. Brother, what a delight. I mean it. It's a delight to be with you and to well, be on your I, show. Thank you. I appreciate that, and thanks for taking time to, to join us. Uh, let me just start with this. What has it been like partnering with public schools for a message of the gospel? That's actually happening today. Uh, it's been incredible. Uh, it's been a delight. I thought it was going to be something, but it has. Uh, but to God's glory, it has become um, what he meant for us to be that light in a dark world. And the educators that we're working with, they absolutely appreciate us being on their campus because we're also the salt. And that salt is from the, uh, all the information that we have from the inside that comes out. And, uh, then we illuminate and to the lives of the children. So the relationship with the school has been wonderful. We've been well-received. So, so Jack, I, I mentioned some of the numbers, but but numbers, you know, numbers are numbers. Let's talk about stories. Let's talk about some of the kids. What what are some of the highlights that you've experienced in the lives that have been touched? I think the most amazing thing for me, two things. One, um, I've always given children Bibles. That's what we do at church, right? Uh, we give award Bibles. But when we started giving children Bibles in public schools, There was a difference, Tony. There was a tremendous appreciation. 
and it became their own. And what we're seeing today is that now the Bible has been given to children now, you know, 72, over 72,000 kiddos. They, they cherish the Bible because it's the very first Bible in many of these children's homes. And so that's been incredible to watch. And then, then the second to that is it brings truth into the world that these children are struggling in. There's a lot of chaos, not only at home, but in the schools as well, because uh, the children simply want to know what the truth is. What is the truth? And so uh, real quick, we had a little guy named Alex, Axel, Axel, Axel. And he came to my wife and he just had tears. He's like, Miss Tammy, I want to know what, what truth is. They're telling me all this stuff at school. And, and I, can you, can I find truth here at Kids Beach Club when I come? And then she began to weep because she knows that we're the ones bringing the truth and that it really is the light of the world. And, and so she sat there for about five minutes, shared with Axel, this young boy, about how he could, as he walks through the Bible and as he studies his own copy of God's Word, that he could see the truth and maintain that truth. So we're, we're that agent that's helping uh, our public schools deliver character into the hearts and lives of these children through a beach-themed Kids Beach Club. So, so Jack Terrell, tell our folks how they can find out more about partnering. I mean, th- this is something they can start in their own communities. They can meet with their local schools, and they can offer this. And you've got kind of an A to Z uh, yeah. roadmap of how they can do it. Yes, and it's really important that they do reach out to us, a third-party vendor like who we are. We are a ministry, but the schools view us as a vendor. And so we actually uh, go in as Kids Beach Club, and they would simply contact kidsbeachclub.org. Go right there on kidsbeachclub.org and click the Contact Me button, and they'll fill out the information And I'll just, because I'll just tell you, uh, Tony, last year when you and I were talking, uh, there were a couple of folks in the Patterson, New Jersey area that did just that. And now their school has a beach club and it is amazing. And we're in, we're now in New Jersey and it's absolutely incredible. And that's by and large because of, of the information that you put out. So yeah, go to kidsbeachclub.org hit the contact us button and we would be glad to follow up and then walk you through the steps that we take in order to get you successfully up and running in a public school. Jack, I want to say thank you uh, to, uh, to the whole team there at kids beach club for, you know, what you're doing is you're preserving freedom by bringing faith into the lives of children all across this country. And we're grateful. So thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you. Tony, you be blessed, brother. Thank you. All right. Jack Terrell with Kids Beach Club. And uh, if if you didn't catch that, go to TonyPerkins.com, and there's information on uh, how to contact them. But I I really would encourage you. This is one of the ways that you can shine light into an increasingly dark place. My wife was involved in one of these uh, programs after school, and it was just amazing to see kids just so hungry for the truth. All right, there's more that can be done. Churches need to be in the Ministry of Education. We're going to talk about that next. So don't go away. More Washington Watch. The persecution of Christians grows globally every year and continues to become more aggressive and dangerous. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares real and amazing stories from those who have faced religious persecution. Heroic Faith tells of the tragic circumstances Christians face due to opposition to their beliefs. The true stories in this book of faithfulness and devotion in the midst of trials and danger will provide encouragement and hope to all who read. Readers will also gather insights into the ideologies behind the aggression, what actions the U.S. government can take to help, and how they can aid these faithful believers. It's important for Christians to learn from their brothers and sisters who suffer persecution. Read the stories of these real heroes who have stood for their faith. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroic faith.
Are you tired of worn-out talking points, misleading media bias, and hopeless commentary? You need a news source you can trust. The Washington Stand Family Research Council's online news platform provides readers with free, reliable news and commentaries, all from a biblical perspective. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide the facts on the biggest stories of the day, ranging from updates on critical Supreme Court cases to coverage on the latest public education stories to the newest developments in domestic and international religious liberty issues. The Washington Stand covers all of this and more. If you want to stay up to date and informed on what's going on in the U.S. and around the world that impacts faith, family, and freedom, then check out The Washington Stand. Just go to WashingtonStand.com. Stay in the know, be encouraged, and stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. Now more than ever, Christians need to be prepared to articulate the truth of God's Word to our culture in an informed and loving manner. That is why Family Research Council's Center for Biblical Worldview exists. By applying the Bible and the historical teachings of the church to a wide range of relevant issues, including voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, sexuality, and more, the experts at the center have provided resources to help Christians live by a biblical worldview, to understand why Scripture must be authoritative, and to equip believers to advance and defend the faith in the workplace, in schools, in their communities, and in the public square. Access free resources like the Biblical Worldview series at frc.org worldview. To get highlights of the latest work of the Worldview Fellows, including their latest blogs, op-eds, interviews, and more, sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldview's newsletter at frc.org subscriptions. This is Washington Watch. It's 4th of July, but we're here, and we're glad you're here as well. Hey, let me, I mentioned this earlier, but this year's Pray, Vote, Stand Summit will be held September the 15th through the 17th at the Omni Shoreham Hotel in Washington, D.C. And at this summit, you're going to hear from some of the nation's top Christian leaders and government officials. Uh, We'll have a number of those who are vying for the White House. In fact, uh, just announced uh, last week that we're going to have former President Donald Trump, Governor Ron DeSantis, and uh, others. And we're going to be talking about important topics. Um, And not just dissecting the problem, but we're going to be presenting solutions. We're going to be talking about religious freedom. We're going to be talking about education, very similar to what we're talking about today, parental rights. And, and how we can advance truth in today's public square. So, you need to register now. Go to prayvotestand.org and register for this year's Pray Vote Stand Summit, September the 15th through the 17th. Again, that's prayvotestand.org. All right, nearly 90% of children raised in Christian homes spend more than 30 hours a week in public schools typically run by those who do not embrace a biblical worldview. In fact, in many cases, they are hostile to a biblical worldview. Now, the goal of many parents is to keep children in a secular educational environment for 12 years until they are deemed academically ready to go to an institution of higher learning where hostility to Christian faith can be even more intense. So today we've been discussing children. We're talking about faith plus family equals freedom. And we must stop, as I said at the beginning of the program, when, you, when Jesus talked about render what is Caesar's to Caesar and what is God's to God's, the inscription of the coin was Caesar's. The temporal things of this world, yes, you know, we, we render those things. But our children bear the image of Christ, of God. We're not to surrender them to government. In fact, um, Speaking of the Pray, Vote, Stand Summit, uh, two years ago, uh, we were at Cornerstone uh, Church in Leesburg, Virginia, with my friend Gary Hamrick, and and he made this comment about education uh, not too long ago. Play clip six. 20, 25, 30 years ago, the idea of a Christian school was something we thought was nice, but it's no longer time for niceties. It's a time of necessity. Well, and Cornerstone there in Leesburg has actually started. They're starting their own 
Christian School. And I want to talk about that, how churches need to be in the ministry of education. And uh, joining me now to discuss this is uh, Herzog Foundation President Daryl Jones. He has the, the, the vision, he carries the vision of the Herzog Foundation, which is um, families and culture to flourish through quality Christian education. Uh, Daryl, welcome to Washington Watch. Good to see you again. Well, thank you so much, Tony. It's a, a pleasure to be with you. So w- we see the sad state of public education today where kids are not taught the basics of reading, writing, and arithmetic, but instead taught, you know, proper pronoun usage. I mean, th- this is this is insanity. We're falling further and further behind. We're, we're, we're seeing this in the test scores. Of course, you know, I, I don't know how many years they're going to blame everything on COVID, but they're continu- continuing to blame this on COVID, but it much, runs much deeper. How did we get here? It does run much deeper. I mean, you know, evil flourishes in an environment of chaos, right? From the very beginning, you go back to the Garden of Eden and you find God's authority, authority in general, being questioned. Well, did God really say, well, is this really what God said? And that battle, that that hellacious, uh, that hellacious battle continues to be the template for what is what is the world culture today, certainly in the West, where confusion is really the authority, which means there are no absolutes and you can you can choose whatever it is that you choose. And for you, it's right. And so if it's suicide for you, it's right. If it's abortion for you, it's right. We're not sure what a woman is. In American culture, it's what you you make those decisions. There are no absolutes, and with that being the foundation of uh, what is becoming certainly Western culture, um, it, it means there's a real need for parents and for churches to step into the arena of Christian education in a bold, yeah. transformative kind of way. You know, I was just thinking it's it, it's probably a good thing for the educational establishment that I'm not a student today. Uh, because I always question things, and I, I, I was thinking of algebra, and I was always saying, why, "Why does this equal this? It just doesn't look that way." And so, you know, today my my response to them when they would tell me, "Well, it's just the way it is," I would say, "How is it that 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 a, that a, a boy can be a girl and a girl can be a boy?" I mean, right? It, again, there are absolutes, but we've rejected those. So the soil of public education has become this toxic brew, as you said, of of chaos. And then we wonder why our kids are uh, turning out, the culture is turning out the way it is. So let's talk about solutions. Let's talk about what churches, and I, and I want to focus this primarily on churches. And of course, if you're in a church, you have a voice right. in that church. If you're a pastor, you're leading that church. But let's talk about solutions and what the church can do today. Well, I, you know, Tony, I pastored for 35 years, actually, full-time vocational ministry, and only stepped out two and a half years ago to take on this role uh, with uh, with the Herzog Foundation at their at their generous invitation uh, to do that. Never saw myself outside of pastoral ministry, but I have seen the transformation, uh, the the change in American culture, slowly but surely. Until such a time where there are very bold and distinct cultural value foundational lines that are different in uh, certainly in our culture today. Uh, I was a youth minister for 11 years full time and worked with teenagers every single day. Uh, then for 20 plus years was the senior pastor and can tell you if in 2023, uh, I were serious as a minister about student ministry, whether it's children's ministry or youth ministry. I just don't see how you get around the the significance and the importance of churches embracing Christian education that is around them. Whether it's embracing the homeschool families uh, that are in their church that are opting to educate their own children, or whether it's embracing the Christian school down the street, or, you know, to follow really my, my hero, Gary Hamrick, in saying, you know what, we're going to launch a Christian school out of our church. We've had a, we've had a children's ministry robust. We've had a youth ministry and a senior adult ministry. We're going to establish an education ministry out of our church for the purpose of making disciples in a bold way and, and giving our families affordable options right here through our facility. 
I believe if we want a future, both as a country and the church, in terms of a vibrant future, we have to do just that. I mean, George Barna, who's a senior fellow here at the Family Research Council, we talk a lot about worldview, and a worldview is formulated from 15 months to 13 years. This is the prime time of education, and if we're simply outsourcing that to an entity that is hostile to truth, to transcendent truth, why are we surprised with the outcome? So let's talk about what the Herzog Foundation does to assist churches and others that want to start these Christian schools. That's why you're there. How how can they what a uh, how can they what find a, help yeah, in partnership with you? Yeah, we would love that. Uh, HerzogFoundation.com, not org.com, HerzogFoundation.com. We are a not-for-profit organization established at the benevolence of, uh, of Mr. Stanley Herzog when he passed, left amazing resources to advance K-12 through Christ-centered education across the United States. And so uh, among trainings that we provide for current uh, administrators and home group leaders, uh, home homeschool uh, educators, as well as The Lion, our, our publication, where uh, on a daily basis we're writing between 10 and 15 articles highlighting the best in Christian education, but also acknowledging and calling out the realities of what's going on in, in what Stan Herzog would call the government schools uh, across the country. But the most recent initiative that we've rolled out, honestly, just two months ago, we officially rolled it out uh, up in up in Leesburg. We, we had a, a pilot program is what we call Schoolbox, HF Herzog Foundation, hfschoolbox.com. You can find this online resource to help churches and, 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 and cul-de-sacs of families have a roadmap for how do we start a Christian school. It's one thing to have the passion but what's the roadmap and the blueprint to get there? So, you know, in, in 20 years ago, I, I like the way Gary said it, Pastor Gary, you know, 25 years ago, it's like every Christian school looked the same. But in 2023, there are five-day-a-week traditional schools. There are five-day-a-week classical Christian schools. There are there are certainly homeschool co-ops, but there are these micro-schools. Uh, Arizona is absolutely exploding with one-room schoolhouses where there are literally a dozen students in in a in a church building of varying ages using a curriculum with one teacher and I'm telling you their test scores are going through the roof it's it's good quality education based on the foundation of the faith of the church and the faith of the families faith is not uh, not the target of the system but there are also a number of hybrid schools that maybe two or three days a week uh, there at the church where where you're meeting with a certified state teacher, um, but the balance of the week then is is with homeschool, where, where, where parents or or guardians are investing in the education of their children. Our schoolbox initiative, hfschoolbox.com, was created to help passionate parents and churches have the tools and the resources to launch the kind of school that God has placed on their heart. And we, we believe that the secret sauce to Schoolbox is once, uh, Tony, if you and I were going to, to create a, a Christian school in, in my state of Missouri or your home state of Louisiana, Schoolbox was created to be state-specific according to the laws of the state. But then what we'll do is, is, is once you and I tell Schoolbox that we want a three-day-a-week hybrid classical school in a church, then the Herzog Foundation, through our nationwide network of educators, will find an educator that is running that kind of school right now, and the Herzog Foundation will pay that head of school to coach you and I and our launch team on a regular basis, on a monthly basis, through the steps of Schoolbox, so that we actually have someone riding shotgun with our launch team in the car to help us progress through the process for an effective and successful school launch. So we're very excited about that latest initiative, Schoolbox. And again, you can find out about that and more at, H, at HerzogFoundation.com. Wow, that, that is exciting because this is a, it's like a smorgasbord. It's more like a lunchbox. You can pick what you want there. And as you feel what, or you, you believe what might fit you best, so it's not a one-size-fits-all and then the intimidation of often starting a project like this is what keeps you from really launching it. 
But you're saying here, that's why we're here. We, we, we will walk with you through this process. That is absolutely our mission. We rolled out Schoolbox officially two months ago, and it's exciting. We have nearly 70 schools right now with mentors walking through Schoolbox, preparing to launch Christian schools this fall in just a couple of months in 2023. So um, let's put that you, you, you pastored, as you said, for 35 years. I've been a pastor, and I, I know pastors, are, they know the urgency. But they also have the daily issue issues that are just staring them in the face, and they, they know they want to do something. But let's put this on the bottom shelf. Let's, let's just give three practical steps that the pastor who senses the burden, and it may very well be from the Holy Spirit, what three steps can they do to get this moving? That's fantastic. I I would say to start, it's prayer. Lord, what is it that you want me to do? When you see the lines of American culture being so boldly drawn, uh, you know, it's not the first time in world history that 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 people of God have been living in Babylon. It's not the first time. This is not the worst time in world history uh, to be a to be a follower of, of of Christ. But the reality is, it does take leaders who are willing to step out and create those environments where learning, where the where the transfer of faith from generation to generation can take place. And within the decline of the American church. It is essential that churches begin to rise up and the pastors begin to lead again in a way to transfer faith to uh, to infiltrate uh, certainly Western culture and uh, and our neighborhoods and and to be salt and light as as Jesus commanded. I think the starting place is to pray, Lord, where do I go? Do I simply embrace those uh, education options that are already existent in my neighborhood, uh, be it homeschool families, be it uh, homeschool cooperatives? Maybe you open up your church uh, to to become a place where homeschool uh, co-ops can can educate children there in a safe environment. Maybe it's embracing and partnering more with the local uh, Christian school. Uh, that's that's in your area that aligns with your uh, faith tradition, or perhaps it's you know what there's nothing here that's affordable or available uh, to our families, and we're going to provide an option. So I think once you begin to pray and identify what is it that God would have you do, then some of the options that we would provide would be obviously school box, mm-hmm. uh, where we'll we'll help you identify what are all of the options. Uh, in Christian education today that are available. And I would say, I would say, dive into that. Yeah, look at HerzogFoundation.com, see all of our resources, but specifically and pertinent to this conversation, uh, HFSchoolbox, all one word, dot com, and begin seeing the different options that are available to launch a Christian school out of your, uh, out of your church, just like uh, Pastor Gary's doing. And then as you begin to research that and pull together a group of people that are like-minded, I mean, certainly as a pastor, uh, a part of the key is, you know, uh, we, we, we equip the saints to do the work of right. ministry. That's key. Uh, it's ultimately the Holy Spirit that equips them and gifts them. But we have a responsible ability to paint the vision and to cast the vision and to organize the right people around us then to, to begin to carry that vision. Daryl, we're going to have to we're going to have to we're going to have to leave it there. We're up against the the end of the program, but we're going to encourage understand. people to visit that site. Thanks for joining us today. And folks, thank Thank you for joining us as well. Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.